I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. Well, every year since 1998, when the International Religious Freedom Act was passed, the State Department has been tasked with issuing an annual report, an annual report on religious freedom around the world, and helping us break down where we are, what that looks like, and what it actually means in today's world. Really pleased to have joining us back on the program, Kelsey Dallas, the associate editor of Deseret News National. She also covers religion, politics, and the Supreme Court for the Deseret News. Kelsey, welcome back. Hi, Boyd. Thanks for having me. Uh, So this uh, annual report that comes out, of course, uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken uh, was a part of releasing this just a few days ago. Uh, It's a little bit of uh, good, bad and ugly, I think, when it comes to this report. Uh, Give us some context. What uh, what did we find out in the report this year? Yeah, each year this report offers an overview of the conditions in around 200 countries and territories around the world. And I would say it's always a mixed bag. But what's what's difficult to reckon with this year is that there are very uh, high highs and very low lows. So there are countries that have made a pivot and started to embrace religious freedom in a way that some leaders maybe didn't think possible. But there are other countries that are walking down a really dangerous path and putting people's lives in danger. And that's just increasing over time instead of the world kind of collectively moving in a positive direction. Yeah, well, let's start with the let's start with the highs. Let's uh, let's talk about maybe some of those surprises where we've seen some advancement in terms of religious liberty. Yeah, there were a couple of bright spots that I believe it was Secretary Blinken was highlighting. He talked about how in Morocco, uh, which is an Islamic country, they've been working to recognize citizens of different faiths. And part of that effort is putting more government resources toward uh, Jewish heritage preservation. So it's like putting funding towards uh, protecting synagogues and Jewish cemeteries. And it's sort of embracing religious diversity in a new way in Morocco. And then another one that I thought was really interesting is that in Taiwan, they have a a wide range of domestic workers who currently have no access to time off. They're not guaranteed time off under the country's labor laws. And so the government has been looking into that to try to make sure that there uh, is support in place so that domestic workers can participate in religious services and have at least that one day off each week. Oh, that's great. And uh, to see that kind of progress again, I, we love those surprises where it's like, oh, wow, that's uh, uh, that's a nice advancement there. And uh, I think that's really interesting, especially in Taiwan, uh, where I know there are a lot of domestic workers uh, who have really had to take their faith in a different way 
because of uh, the way they weren't able to get time off at specific times uh, or spaces to, to attend religious services. So let's talk about the the, the other side of the coin, and, and that is where we're seeing uh, some deterioration of religious liberty. Where are we seeing that most? What are the big concerns? There are certain countries that have been sort of in the group of troublemakers for a couple of years now, and that includes China, where there is systematic mistreatment of a group of citizens uh, called the Uyghur Muslims. It's an ethnic and religious minority group, and um, those Muslims are tracked very carefully by the government, and in some cases locked up in forced labor camps or sort of re-education camps, and it's because the Chinese government is concerned about their allegiance to Islam, their relationship with other members of that ethnic group, the Uyghurs. And so that's a a very uncomfortable situation that the government has previously uh, described as genocidal, that treatment of certain uh, Chinese citizens. The other one that is notable to those who follow um, world news today is that Russia was singled out as a violator of religious freedom. And it's because even before the invasion of Ukraine, there was a clear pattern of the government being suspicious of a number of minority groups. And the tensions in Ukraine, the fight in Ukraine has made that even worse. And so even as the U.S. government has tried to engage with Russia to say, hey, you can't be doing this, um, I believe it was Ambassador Rashad Hussein who oversees these religious freedom efforts said that Russia has really doubled down on their bad behavior instead of uh, correcting. Oh, fascinating. That's uh, that's really interesting stuff. And so uh, here's the here's the sixty four dollar question. How are we doing here in the United States of America? Well, it's interesting that you ask that because the report looks at other countries. It doesn't really uh, shine the light on us here at home. But as you know, and listeners who maybe have heard me on your show before, I do track religious freedom quite closely here in the U.S. And there are all sorts of tensions that have to do um, with policies related, for example, to gay rights and how as we expand protections for gay and transgender Americans, how do we then adjust or expand protections for religious communities as well? But even in my description of that, you should hear that that's sort of a different level of discussion um, versus someone who is being put to death for their faith or locked up in a re-education camp for their faith in another country. So the United States has very important debates going on, but they're they're kind of at a different level mm. than some of the violations being highlighted on this international report. Yeah, you, you mentioned the uh, U.S. Ambassador at Large for International Religious Freedom, uh, Rashad Hussein, uh, and he, he made the case uh, as the report came out uh, saying that this this work of advocacy for religious freedom really can make a difference. What are some of the things in your reporting and your tracking, even beyond this report, Kelsey, from your unique uh, vantage point? Uh, what is some of that advocacy that is making a di- difference and getting some of those advancements? Well, I think that what I've seen is that even just a single conversation can be powerful. So if you have a chance to connect with someone who doesn't know much about 
your own faith and you just tell them the experiences that you're going through or the practices that you would like to partake in but maybe don't have an opportunity to because of work uh, schedule or family commitments, I think that you build this understanding and you build sympathy that could lead to bigger actions down the line. And so it might be pretty unique or unusual what's going on in Taiwan, for example, where a whole class of workers has no access to a day off. But you can see how that happens here in the U.S. with a sports league always having games on Saturday and Sundays and maybe a family being unable to attend their services because of those games. And so I just recently interviewed someone who said it made a world of difference just to talk to his son's team's coaches about why some of the rescheduled games were causing problems in their religious life. And they came up with some solutions to make sure that they weren't just casually trampling on these religious practices. Uh, great insight, as always. Kelsey Dallas, the associate editor of Deseret News National, and she also covers religion, politics, and the Supreme Court for Deseret News. Kelsey, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, I think it's so fascinating to, to look at some of these things, and I loved how Kelsey uh, kind of split that apart a little bit, that while we talk about uh, some of the religious freedom components here in the U.S., it is a very different animal and a very different discussion from what's happening in many places around the world where it's not just about a convenience uh, or tolerance or acceptance. Uh, it is actually a life and death uh, situation for many around the world. And so I, I think it's one of those things, the, these first freedoms, as we often call them, uh, to me are all interconnected. And whether it's freedom of speech or freedom of the press, uh, freedom of religion, the right to assemble, uh, I think those are all so uh, intricately connected uh, that you really can't have one without the other. And so when we look at this kind of report, I think it's significant that the United States does this, that it issues this report every year uh, on the state of uh, religious liberty, not just here at home, but more importantly around the world. What does that look like? And how can we lead? How can we influence? How can we help? How can we make a difference? And regardless of faith tradition, uh, that there is a space uh, for everyone to bring their whole and authentic self to the public square. Uh, and that when that happens, we do become better in our communities and we become much better as a society. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. Coming up, is your home kids safe, teenager safe, parent safe? We'll talk about it coming up next. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.